Hello again, and welcome to At The Podium with Manuel Amesqua. That's me. I'm a financial advocate, a CEO, a father, husband, and as all of you know, I'm a massive, massive sports fan. I'm obsessed with encouraging everyone in my life to dream and attack that unique vision they have for their life so that they can inspire others to do the same. We're pouring into people through this podcast by sharing the stories of some of the highest performers in my personal life and helping convert those lessons to help you get closer to your hopes and dreams. Folks, today my guest is the Craig Reynolds, 1-3 for the Detroit Lions. Hailing from Willow Grove, Pennsylvania, Craig had zero Division I offers coming out of high school, took his talents to Division II level, set a slew of records, and after not getting drafted, still made it to the league. I love it. He showed up for his first day at the Washington football team, dressed like he was interviewing for Nordstrom. Today, Craig is carrying the rock out of the Detroit Lions backfield, stacking wins, playing one play at a time. I love this guy. He is all max effort, empty the tank, and he's exactly the kind of guy that you build a locker room around. I'm so excited to share some of Craig's nuggets, but some of the things that stood out the most to me again was, hey man, it's all God. I just knew to do the work and nothing stopped me from pursuing my dreams no matter what happened. I hope you enjoy the conversation with Craig Reynolds. Hey, I wanna give a quick shout out to my new friend, James Murphy and his entire team. James is the CEO of Element. And look, gang, if you're trying to perform at your highest level, whether it's in the locker room, in the boardroom, or at your home as a parent, I got to tell you, this element that I've been taking daily for the last several weeks, it's helping to restore health, hydration, and it's got zero, zero sugar. And look, I know I'm on Instagram from time to time. I see who their competitors are. I don't even like the marketing and promotion they're using. This is it. If you're looking to restore health, perform at your highest level, and just overall feel great, check out Element. Check out element. Folks, I'm super excited to be here today with Detroit Lions running back, Jill, Detroit Lions. That's an NFL team, just in case, because I know you often ask me, who are these teams and what league is it? (laughs) This is NFL football, Jill Bush. (laughs) Detroit Lions running back, Craig Reynolds. Craig, thanks for coming on today. Appreciate you for having me, man. So I, I want to unpack something, and I, I, I kind of alluded to this when we were catching up a little bit right now. Craig and I met earlier this year at a good mutual friend's wedding, Khalif Raymond, the double ones. Love you, dude. And we hit it off a little bit, and we started communicating. And there's, there's one way I see you respond to almost every single note that we've exchanged around, hey, good game, great play, great block. Wow, that was awesome. And it's, it's all God, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. 100%. And, and I, I like, I literally was just getting my head right for our conversation today. And I was thinking about, you know, what are the five things that I want to dig into with Craig today? And that clearly is something that's like made a meaningful impression on me 
every time we've interacted that that's the response. Mm -hmm. Can you share a little bit with our listeners who don't know you as intimately, mm -hmm. you know, just your mindset, and your belief system around that? Yeah, man, I'm a God fearing man. I was raised in the church. Uh, my dad took me as much as he could with what schedule he had. Um, I know it was tough. Uh, if we couldn't make Sundays for sporting events or whatever, we'd go to like Bible study on Wednesday. And, you know, ever since a little kid, man, I've, I pray every day, or at least I try to. Me and my dad used to pray before games. And then, you know, just building that relationship with him. Just try to stay in touch. Obviously, we play on Sunday, so it's kind of hard to stay in church mm -hmm. all the time. But, um, you know, just being thankful. I definitely wouldn't be here without him. And I try to thank him as much as I can, you know, whether it's praying or just talking to him. And then, you know, responding with teammates that are, you know, believers like, you know, Khalif and, you know, other teammates. You know, Sean Pugh runs our chapel. So just yes. trying to be thankful, man. Like I said, I wouldn't be here without him, man. I'm just in a great situation. I saw this insanely fire photo. I don't know how the hell this photographer got up on the ground I think from like the ground shooting up into a circle of prayer. And I saw you and Khalif immediately in the middle yeah. of that. Yep. I was like, man, that, you know, I think there's a side of the athlete that, you know, people forget in being so obsessed with just the performance and the stats and the mm -hmm. outcomes of the weekend. Right. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Share a little bit about the impact Sean's had on the team and the organization by being that steward and that servant leader. Cause I, I really think of, of the men I've met briefly over the seven years I've been in Michigan, man, he's probably one of the unspoken like heroes and just does incredible work in that slot that he's in. He's great, man. He's a family man, obviously a believer. Um, yeah. And, you know, whenever we need anything, uh, I've come to him multiple times, not just, you know, with, you know, the relationship with God or anything, but just life off the field, you know, his door's always open. Go in there, grab a piece of candy, chat it up with him. And he, like, like you said, man, he's a great dude and, you know, comes and sits with us at lunch. Very personable. And definitely it's a blessing having him on our staff and on our team. Yeah, that's wonderful. Thanks for sharing that. Mm -hmm. So I do, you know, usually we, we talked a little bit about the fact that I like going back and peering into someone's childhood where it kind of all starts. Right. Mm -hmm. And we shared a couple stories about the influence our fathers have had in our lives. Willow Grove, Pennsylvania. Mm hmm. What's the nearest largest city for folks that are not familiar with PA? Uh, Philadelphia. Philly. Yeah, Philly all day, right? Yep. And you grew up, your dad coached high school football? Yes, sir. Yep. Maybe share a little bit about where that, you know, that vision and those dreams and the inspiration for playing football at the level you're playing at now came from and what it was like watching your dad. I was always around the game. You know, my dad pretty much raised me, so just going to all of his practices and being a ball boy for the high school team. My dad coached my brother in high school, so I was a ball boy there. You know, I was just always around the game. And, you know, he was able to get me to peewee practice. Pretty much played since I was like five. Started with flag football and then just worked your way up to pound ball all the way through. So it's definitely a huge impact. You know, like he played the sport. He played running back. My brother played running back. My grandfather did. So it's just kind of like a, a family thing pretty much. We shared a little bit prior about the fact that as I was preparing for our conversation today, I think one of the the narratives that's not out there in the media often is your family history carrying the rock. Right. Yeah. I mean, your dad racked up. I looked at it right around 2,300 rushing yards at Delaware Valley University. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I've got to think from the day you were born, 
you were thinking football was something you might do for a long time. Oh, uh, yes. For the most part, it was between football and basketball. It stopped growing. So I was like, all right, it's going to be football pretty much, you know. Yeah. Although, hey, I just saw Chris Paul in town and you guys are about the same high, right? You could have done it. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, went on YouTube a couple of times, saw like seventh graders dunking. And I was like, I can't even touch backboards. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not playing basketball anymore. <laughs> Let's, you know, I, I have heard a little bit about the type of work ethic that existed in the household that you grew up in. Yes. Your brother was like off the charts talented as an athlete. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's one of the top high school prospects, right? Carrying the ball. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. Sir. In, incredible. I mean, that's obviously in the DNA of your family. But, you know, talent also requires a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And I got to think work ethic was one of those things I often think about the example that strong fathers and mothers set by not waking up and saying, oh, I don't feel well or I'm sad or I'm tired, so I'm not going to go to work today. Mm-hmm, 100%. Like, I never heard that in my home, did you? Right. No, 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 not at all. For the most part, I'd say, I feel like that's where it really came from. My dad, we used to get up, and I had to get up with him like five, six in the morning, and he would go to work, but, you know, I really wasn't old enough to, you know, make breakfast for myself and stuff like that, you know, or get to where I was going. So I used to go to my grandparents. He dropped me off my grandparents. And then I'd take the bus from there and they kind of helped me out uh, as I grew up. Sure. Um, but, you know, like, I, man, I don't think I couldn't even tell you when that man missed a day. Um, and I feel like that kind of got ingrained into my personality without even really knowing it, just seeing it every day. And then once I started to really take football serious, it just became second nature. There wasn't any excuses, really, because, like I said, I just watched my dad get up. It didn't matter. The car was messed up. The You know, some, we had an issue somewhere. He didn't feel like it's sick. It it didn't matter. Like, for the most part, I barely missed school, too. So, I mean, it was just one of those things. And then when I got serious with ball, it just it was second nature. Outside of that relationship and that example you had with your father and obviously your brother, Eric, were there any other people who really just had a very significant, meaningful impact on the trajectory of your life at that time, going through high school? My grandparents, for sure. I'd spend a lot of time with them. I'd still even go to their house, even though I was able to stay home, I'd still go over there. You know, just it was just reputation. We were just used to it. So they definitely had a big impact in my life, for sure. And I definitely wouldn't be here without them, you know, and they always kept me grounded and humble, you know. Yes. Um, and routine was always a thing with them, too. You know, we'd watch Five o'clock news, six o'clock news, Jeopardy would come on, Wheel of Fortune, and it was just, it's just boom, boom, boom. But at the same time, like as a kid, and you're coming up like that, you just, you get used to it, and it's just natural. So then when I got on kind of on my own, it was just what I was used to and comfortable with. But, you know, obviously in my aspects of my life, but just try to keep the same repetition and can't, uh, same discipline with whatever I was doing. I appreciate you sharing a little bit about that. Share with our listeners how you ended up at Cutstown University. Division two? Yes. Did, did you have any division one looks at that time coming out of high school? Small ones, like walk-ons and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, my biggest thing is I just wanted to play college football. Throughout high school, you know, the offer process, my dad would take me to camps and stuff, and I'd be around these kids, and I definitely think it helped me because I wasn't getting the notoriety, but I always felt like I was as good as the guys that did have the big school offers. And it was just motivation at that point. In my junior year, I didn't, I didn't dominate as much as I should, but I took that like kind of personal because my brother was pretty daggone good in high school, and he his high school wasn't far from mine. So I wouldn't say it was like a shadow, but like it was more like I think I'm better than him. So that that junior <laughs> year off season, man, I really uh, I'd say I took it personal 
and just tried to uh, take advantage of that you know senior year opportunity and just wanted to have the best season I could for the most part. And I knew if I did that, I'd have an opportunity to play college ball somewhere. Kutztown came along, had a great relationship. I still have a great relationship with the coaching staff now. And they gave me an opportunity to play running back. And that's what I really wanted to do for the most part. And, you know, committed there. You wrapped up a very, very long list of achievements there. Mm -hmm. I'm going to read just a few. So humor me. Team MVP in 2018. Two-time team captain, 17 and 18. Three-time All-PSAC East first team, 2016, 17, 18. School records. 34 career rushing touchdowns, 261 rushing yards in a game, 345 all-purpose yards in a game. 2018 Don Hanson, Hanson Gazette Honorable Mention All-America. And you finished third in all-time leading rushing, 2650, and second in all-purpose yards, almost 5,300. I'm thankful. That's all I can say. It was my teammates, man. Um, the coaches for believing in me my, early on in my career. Um we were very deep with older backs for the most part. Um, and I got an opportunity to play receiver early on. So I feel like that's what comes with that all-purpose yardage stuff. I played yeah. receiver early on in my career, and it kind of helped me throughout my career all the way up to this point now. Yeah, of course. So, you know, like I said, man, my teammates, the men upstairs and the coaches and, you know, opportunity, man. I wouldn't be here without that. What were a couple of the lessons as you think back? I, th I think about how many – you know, young men are playing at the high school level right now. Mm -hmm. Shout out to my man, Avery Gatch, plays here at Birmingham Groves. Big dreams for this young man. Think of young men like Avery and my son, Atlas, eighth grade at Detroit Country Day. You know, this kid, like mm -hmm. all he does is dream about football. Mm -hmm. What's the advice you give them as they choose a college and then continue to put in the hard work so that they could sit? Maybe, maybe somewhere like where you're sitting today. Yeah, we all all have dreams, obviously, but there's going to be some tough times. Adversity is going to strike, man, and it's going to look ugly. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It doesn't matter which route you go. Five star, I mean, anything can really happen. You just got to be ready for it and know that your dream is stronger than whatever happens from the outside. And that's if that's something that you really want. I'd say for high school, man, just control what you can and always be your harshest critic. You know, I feel like that's something that's been big for me. I'm definitely hard on myself, especially watching tape or, you know, in the off season doing drills and competitive. So uh, just always competing with the man in the mirror and what people say, whether, you know, the high school, the rankings and guys getting offers, man, it's all baloney, man. Like half of those guys that are doing it don't even know ball. Like it's Say, say that again. I think that's so important. You're like the fourth or fifth guy that I've gotten to know in the league right now who's saying like, that's not that's not the greatest, most predictable indicator right. of where you can end up. A hundred percent. Unpack that a little bit more for me. Uh, I mean, for me personally, coming up, and I know now it's a lot bigger, but the rankings is huge. Everybody wants to be on social media. Blessed to receive this offer. I, I was working with these people posts and stuff i mean i was a little before that social media was a thing but it's not as big as it is now with all of that posting but at the same time i just felt like you know why not me like why can't i be the kid from willow grove abington high school cuts down to you know make it or you know play in the nfl yeah and once i kind of had that mindset just why not me like i just kept going man and like those offers and all that stuff yes you want them and you want to 
you know, grind for them, but that's not the end all be all, you know, for your dream. It's just a step in the process. And if it doesn't work out that way, okay, boom, we take another step and it's just only going to make the journey better, you know, for when you do achieve what you want to. What was on your mind going into that final season in college as you were mm-hmm. thinking about the prospect of getting into the NFL? I asked this because you were already interviewing mm-hmm. for jobs in careers and professions outside of the league. You know, just being a guy from Kutztown, you know, you don't obviously don't hear about it, but I always wanted to have a plan B. The main goal was to make it and at least get opportunity. I just want an opportunity yes. to show what I could do and then let the chips fall where they may and let God handle the rest. But uh, for me, my senior year, biggest thing was staying healthy. I made a lot of sacrifices with that. And then just going out there and just winning, most importantly. Say more about that. My senior year, I, the guys I came up with um, through Kutztown, we had a nice tight, a tight bond yeah. for the most part. My, my good friend TJ Jefferson was the middle linebacker <laughs> for um, our defense. And we were very competitive. I was 13, he was 31. Like we'd go at it every day. But one thing we always want to do is just go to the playoffs and win a PSAC championship. And it hasn't, wasn't really done throughout Kutztown. Um, they've been very good lately. Um, mm-hmm. Before us, they were struggling and we were the first class to really come through and you know really make a difference. And that was the most important thing because if I could take care of myself physically and make sure I'm healthy, it's the best thing for the running back room. It was the best thing for the offense. And if it's the best thing for the offense, it's making the team better. So that was my biggest thing is just winning, making plays. And we had a good season. Uh, came up short in the playoffs. You know, we didn't win a PSAC championship. But I'm definitely happy with what happened, even though it wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. all the ultimate goals that we wanted. Mm-hmm. And then with that senior year, if I was doing that, I can't be mad because that's what I can control mm-hmm. for the most part. I can't control if an NFL team comes and wants to work me out or sign me or whatever. But I know if I go out my last year of college, you know, and mm-hmm. have a pretty solid season, like I can live with that if the NFL doesn't come calling for the most part. Were you thinking about a specific career if you didn't end up in the NFL at that time? I laughed because I, I saw that you maybe interviewed at like an insurance firm. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, I'm like, you interviewed in our business, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was, you know, it got weird. Obviously, the the Division two season ends um, earlier than everybody else. Yeah, right. So I'm just sitting around. And I'm starting to train and stuff, but at the same time, it's like you know, God forbid, I don't get an opportunity. So. You know, what I knew whatever I, I was going to do in life, I was going to work extremely hard at it and try to be the best at whatever it was. So I started to look around. I worked at a tire shop as well, car tires, yeah, putting those on and helping out at the shop. And then I would take interviews, train in the morning, train at night and do all that stuff in between. And I really didn't know, man. And like I said earlier with the dream, talking to the high school kids, man, like it's going to get dark, man. I didn't I didn't know what was going to happen. And like I said, the, the season ends a lot sooner than everybody else's. So I'm sitting around even longer than some of the guys that are coming out of these bigger schools that are trying to chase that dream too. So, you know, mentally it was definitely exhausting, but all I knew was work, man. Um, and just putting the time in. And when that opportunity, if it did come, I knew dang well I was going to be ready for it. I love the fact that you continue to reference that all you knew was work. Mm-hmm. And to really kind of obsess about what you could control. Right. And that's all you really can do is attitude and effort. That's between you and the man in the mirror. Um, and that's something that stuck with me. Shoot, probably since I was in that high school time period trying to get the offers and felt like I was, you know, underrated and people weren't really 
give me the respect I deserve mm -hmm. and just put a chip on my shoulder, you mm -hmm. know. All right, well, you don't think I'm good enough, bet I'm going to get back in the lab and get back to work, mm -hmm. you know. I'm not going to say I listen to what people think about me from mm -hmm. the field, but I do also believe a little bit of uh, perception is reality, you know? Like yeah. If, if, you know, people are saying, oh, okay, well, you're not that big or you're not fast enough or, mm -hmm. you know, you don't do this well. Like, okay, I'm going to look at it from my standpoint. I'm like, all right, maybe he is right. I need to work on mm -hmm. my hands or my speed, um, my explosiveness, stuff like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to listen to that. But as far as, oh, you're not good enough to play at the Division One level, I'm not trying to hear that. You know, mm -hmm. I feel like I'm, I, I can hang with anyone. So a lot of what you continue to reinforce are, you know, really falls underneath that umbrella that that we were talking about earlier, where I said, hey, like it's really the wars one and the mind first, a hundred percent, right? And so, like the ability for you to decipher who's speaking truth mm -hmm. and who's not, right? Right? Who's speaking based on their unmet. Mm -hmm. unrealized goals in life right. versus the ones that are speaking possibility based on how they know you. Right. Yeah. When you're thinking about that season in your life and you're coming out of a, a great collegiate career and you know it, you know it in your heart that you balled out. Mm -hmm. Who was that one person that said, Craig, this is possible and you need to stay in the lab. You need to stay in the lab. I'd say it probably goes back to my freshman year, man, in college. I had a teammate say to me, uh, you have the size of a NFL running back. And I know, at that point in my career, I really wasn't really thinking about it. Just graduate, play ball, enjoy it. And then, you know, you go on and, you know, um, the internet, and I'm just looking up builds, like guys in yeah. the league. I'm like, oh, snap. You know, dudes are 5'9", 5'10", 5'11", 195 to the 215, 220 range. And for me, God gave me 5'9", 5'10", right? Yeah. After that, I control everything else, you know, mm -hmm. like we talked about basketball. Yes. I'm not a 6'2 point guard, so it's not going to work out. Yeah. But I, I'm a 5'9", 5'10 guy, so it's like, all right, God gave me that. I can handle the rest. Point blank, period. That was my thing. And um, that's probably the first one that where it really popped into my mind. But like yeah. I said, man, it was the dream, but it was so far down the road that I wasn't even concerned with it. There was things that needed to be done and steps that needed to be taken before I could get there. And I just wanted to keep checking stuff off my list before, you know, I feel like sometimes people get so worried about what the main goal is and they mm -hmm. forget that there's a bunch of steps and a bunch of mm -hmm. ups and downs that you're going to go through. So mm -hmm. so you end up going getting a tryout with the Washington. They're, they, they're no longer the Redskins, but they were. They were, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you went from Washington to Atlanta to Jacksonville, and then finally to Detroit in 21. Mm -hmm. Can you reflect back on that journey prior to arriving in Detroit on your first day? And is there a lesson or two that you learned along the way, kind of hopping around? Because now this is the first time that Craig Reynolds has had an inconsistent and somewhat unpredictable football environment, right? Mm -hmm. 100%. I mean, you were solid in high school. You were solid in college. You knew exactly who you were. You knew the controllables. You knew where you were going. And now you're hopping around and you hit four teams in three seasons. Yeah, it was definitely, it was tough, but I'm grateful at the same time. You know, getting that call from Washington, I think it was a few days after the draft. At that point, I'm like, yeah, yeah. maybe CFL, um, you know, just to play. I wasn't sure. Um, and I got the call. I was playing video game. I got the call. Go down there. And um, it's funny. I drove down to Washington. 
from home. Yes, from, from Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, I showed up in a purple button up, <laughs> black a black tie, and some khakis. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm treating it like it's a job interview. Like, I don't know. All the other players get off the bus. I'm early too. All the players get off the bus. And I'm like, oh, this is weird. Everybody's just in hoodies, got their gym bags. And I'm in a, a pretty much a daggone suit with dress shoes. And I'm like, oh, this is weird. But it, 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 it worked out because everybody looked at me, you know, like, who's that guy? Who's that guy? Who's that guy? Who's that guy? Hey, in this episode, I want to give a special shout out to my man, Kevin Warren, the creative genius founder and CEO of God Lifts Me. Folks, you see me wearing this a ton. Between this and Sporta Kings and Roan, you know those are my favorite brands. For those of you that are getting holiday gifts this year, you're going to be getting some GLM. Kevin, this was genius. I'm proud of you, brother. I can't wait to see all the success that you're going to create by spreading God's good word through this brand. And dude, this is more than a brand. I mean, this is a lifestyle, and I can't wait to see all that you're going to do. Folks, check it out. God lifts me. So I felt like maybe it kind of drew eyes when I got on the field. I go, let's see what this dude looks like. Yeah. Um, but the funny part is, because I got there early, <laughs> I got there so early and checked in, I didn't realize that the day before the first practice, there was going to be meetings that night. So I'm in the hotel room and I have a roommate. I'm just sitting around. It's like seven o'clock. I'm like, this kid not show up. It's so weird. Or maybe, you know, I, the, the thing said I had a roommate. Yeah. Itinerary. And then boom, somebody comes coming in the door at like 8 30 like, what position he plays like running back he's like oh you can't and we start talking he's like yeah we just had meetings i'm like oh my god i missed the first meeting ever of my nfl career and i was like oh yeah i'm not making this strong so i uh <laughs> i text i got the running back coach's number i called him i didn't get an answer so i said screw this like i don't think he recognized my number so he didn't answer so i just went to, i drove over to the facility and i was at the facility at like 5 30 just sitting there outside, just waiting, waiting until I saw it. And I went up to him. I explained the situation. Like, I didn't know, like, uh, wasn't communicated to, with me that, like, I, we had meetings at night and I got here so early. So I was just sitting and nobody called me. I was like, all good, all good. We went in there, we watched the tape, went over the plays that we're going to go through throughout the day. And then, man, I just tried to go out there and I just didn't care. I was just trying to make the team. That's um, it. Um, yeah, I was, I, I did well. They ended up signing me to a, the, the, you know, 90 man roster, whatever yeah. it is for the off season in camp. Yeah. And then at that point, you know, out the OTA process, I was just trying to be a, a, a sponge, man. That Washington team had a lot of vets on it. Yes, it did. Um, yes, it did. You know, I could go through a whole list of guys, yeah. offense or defense and specialists, special teams guys. Yeah. And man, I just tried to learn so much um, being the young guy and obviously I'm already behind the eight ball because of the talent difference, obviously that I'm coming right. from compared to them. Right. So I'm just trying to learn, man. Like I never played special teams in college. I was just a return man. You know, I don't think I tackled anybody since like my freshman year. So like just trying to learn all these different things, training, eating stuff off the field, uh, time management, study and film. What are you looking for? And I, I came across some, like I said, some great people that helped me along the way. And then being released from there and then going to Atlanta, pretty much try to do the same thing, control what I could, work hard at practice every day. I'm finishing. When I get a chance to compete against somebody, I'm dominating them. Um, and then when the vets are talking or we're in the weight room or, you know, I feel like I can find knowledge from somebody, it didn't matter who it was. It could have been the janitor. If I could get knowledge from somebody, 
I was going to get it from him um, and use it to help me for whenever the time came. Time ran out there, went to Jacksonville. My coach that was in Washington ended up going to Jacksonville to be the OC. Oh. So he brought me down there because I kind of knew the offense kind of did. Yes. Yes. Um, Went down there. I didn't know that. Yep. Did the same exact thing. And the, the hardest part probably was the mental aspect. Like okay. Yeah. You're moving around so much. You know, I'm pretty, my whole, that whole, them three years or three teams I was on. Yeah. I was um staying in Airbnbs for the most part, living out of a suitcase. Cause like, you don't know, I could come in Tuesday and I'd be like, yeah, we need roster. And then I'm back in Philly. So I just tried to live day to day. Yes. Never knowing when the Grim Reaper would come in and let me go. Yeah. But I feel like it helped me on the field because it's like I got to go out here and like um, somebody told me a play a day keeps the cutaway. Like I got to make plays. They can't cut somebody that makes plays, you know. Um, and that's what I tried to do as much as I could. Say that. Say that. So, so we do have like a ton of young student athlete listeners. Mm-hmm. You just said something that really resonated with me, and, and you're the first one to ever say it that way. Mm-hmm. What did you say again about a play? What? A play day keeps the cut away. I mean, they can't. If you're doing it the right way and making plays the way they want to, that's what they need. It doesn't matter where you're drafted, how old you are, if they're you know coming up in high school, senior, junior, sophomore, freshman. That's right. Size. Like if you're doing and making things happen, they can't knock you. You know yeah. all that other stuff, the labels that they put on you when you're not around or whatever. Players make plays, so that was my motto, and you know. And I feel like, as well, I know for being a practice squad guy going against yeah. the ones, yes. they're trying to do what they got to do, but they're sore from the game. Yeah, They got stuff going on. But my motto in my mind was, like, if I can cook our starters every day, yeah, it's only going to make me better. And that was my mindset. I know they probably didn't like me for those two hours on the practice field, but like it was... <laughs> Whatever, like I got, a, I still have relationships with a lot of those guys, you know. But they, they know it's part of football. But like, I was going hard. It's the business. Yeah, I was going hard, man, and I was just trying to trade myself for, you know, whatever opportunity did come, and just trying to make sure I stay around. Like I said, man, I was living out of suitcases and hotel rooms every two weeks, you know, for the most part, bouncing team to team. As you and and I really appreciate that you took us through kind of those three years. It, you know, I think of this this quote by Chris Willicks, um on Instagram, he talks about the magic we're looking for is in the work we are avoiding. That's good. I like the that. magic we are looking for is in the work we are avoiding. Mm-hmm. When you think about those three years before getting here to Detroit, which, you know, again, thank the man upstairs that you're here. Is there anything that you had been avoiding or something that you started doing that was different or new to you that you would say, man, this gave me another edge? And that edge helped me get here to Detroit and be a permanent person on the team. I'm going to be honest. I started to train with pads when I was home. So when I wasn't on a team, I would work out with some of the Kutztown coaches. Yes. Um, when they weren't recruiting or on the road doing whatever, what they want to do with their families or whatever. Um, I'd go up to the school and I'd be up there like 6 a.m. before classes started for them. And uh, I'd be out there in pretty much full pads working with them. They had all the football equipment I needed. Um, yeah. Working the special teams aspect, stuff, trying to get better at that, running back stuff. And then especially once the summer ended and we really started to hit the football season, I wasn't on a team before Detroit called me in that camp period. I was practicing like it was camp. Um, wow. Try to go, just try to be in shape as much yeah. as I could. 
So like I hit the field at like 11. So it's kind of warm in yep. August. You know, I'm not trying to die out there. Yeah. But yeah, I'm fully padded by myself. So because uh, I'm alone and the amp, no one would call the ambulance. Yeah. For me. You know, um, <laughs> and just working like that. And I got the call while I was doing a, a workout in the pads. I was literally coming out the field and they were like, you need to get to the airport. The flights were tight. Who made the call? Yeah, it was my agent. My agent okay. called me and told yeah. me, and it was it was rough because Kutztown is probably an hour and some change <laughs> from the airport. Plus, it was probably hitting like two o'clock, and I still had to go home and get some kind of bag ready. And my agent told me not to do a check bag, but I was like, I'm making this team, or I'm making, I'm getting signed, so I'm bringing a check bag. But mind you, the check bag was the problem. So I get down to the airport, I'm pushing the time. There's no other flights from Detroit to Philly. And I get there, I try to check this bag and I miss my flight for this workout. So I'm like, oh man, he was right. I shouldn't have checked it back. So I, I had to do a layover in Charlotte. I missed the initial workout. They had another running back there that they signed. I missed the initial workout, I had a layover in Charlotte. I get to Detroit at like 6 a.m. on a red eye. I get in the building, they work me out like right after. And they um, ended up signing me. They ended up signing me. It was a, it was a crazy couple of days, man. How, do you are you ever like going to get traumatized about missing meetings? Um, like your first meeting. Yeah, I'm traumatized on missing flights. I'm not gonna lie, that was stressful, man. Can we? Can we? Can... I was stressed. We need to get Craig a personal handler. I, yeah, yeah. We need to get you a, a mini handler. And I'm not proud of how I was driving to the airport trying to get there. I was, I was, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. I was, road rage was bad. We want to thank all the state troopers in Pennsylvania for not arresting him that right, day. Right, right. <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, I have to go back to this because they had told me about this as we were preparing for today about your purple shirt moment yeah, yeah 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 dressed like you're interviewing at nordstrom right and okay. <laughs> yeah you had everybody else scared because you were the only one suited up yeah um <laughs> they kind of took you th you had to do physicals and all this stuff and once i saw everybody else was wearing like just normal stuff i was like oh man this is bad and it's not like i'm in a white button up it's purple so i'm like oh, oh sticking out like a sore thumb so <laughs> That's it. You stood out. Help me. Hey, yeah, that's right. You don't know. You don't know who was in the coach's office later saying, "Hey, I like Nordstrom. Right. We're, we're keeping them right." A hundred percent. I love it. So you get the call from the Lions. You get worked out in the morning. Mm -hmm. You get signed. You know what a gift to all of us. I mean, people have been so excited watching you play. Appreciate and obviously, you get in the rotation. You hit really hard. Mm. Yeah, like I can tell. <laughs> I'm like, dude, this dude, just, this dude doesn't know how to right. slow down. Nah, no. It's, it's definitely the way I've, uh, I'd say, I've come up, I guess. You yeah. Know, obviously, through everything we've talked yeah. about, man, it's just all I really, I really know. Yeah. Um, My uh, Atlas and I, we loved watch when you were wearing 46 when you first got here. We're like, this guy. I'm like, buddy, hey, look, this is this is how you show up to practice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I, I loved it when Coach Campbell was interviewed about you. And he I can't remember exactly what he was asked, but I, I kind of jotted shorthand on what he said. And he said, Craig's got that look in his eye. And it's like, hey, man, I'm here to compete. He's in phenomenal shape. And we'd love to see this guy carry it. When your head coach says something like that, and you're a new guy, mm -hmm. 
how does that impact or influence your mindset, the way you're showing up and the way you just get to work and do the work the next day? Keep going. Cause he didn't say that about a hundred guys. Yeah. Right. My biggest thing is just keep going. Yeah. Uh, prove them right. I mean, prove I, them right. It's, yeah. It's, it's a, like, it's a compliment. I appreciate it. But at the end of the day is the NFL. Like it doesn't matter. I got to go out there and put good stuff on tape day in and day out. Cause Everything you do is an evaluation, um, how you treat people, how you maneuver throughout the facility, the work you put in, in the weight room on the field and the trainers. Um, so I feel like just just keep going. I mean, I never really I appreciate, you know, mm -hmm. good write ups or, you know, yeah. people complimenting or whatever. But at yeah. the same time, it's like I got to keep going because I know what it's like to be home. Um, I know what it's like to watch games and yeah. be like, damn, I think I'm better than him. But, you know, I'm, I'm at home. Um, for the most part. And like, I wouldn't, and the thing is though, people ask me all the time, was there anything you changed? I'd say, no, I wouldn't change anything about the journey. Cause I, it really made me who I am. I mean, shoot, even when I got to Detroit, um, I didn't have a locker when they signed me, I was in the laundry room. I was in the laundry room. Um, and I didn't, you know, the, the, the staff is walking in and out. Um, and one of the older guys thought I was, um, one of the, uh, not GAs, but, you know, like yeah. a college kid just like trying yeah. to help out while he's home. And then he goes yeah. back to school and he's like, yo, can you give me some black socks? I'm like, I play here. Like, I'm not getting you black socks, but I was going in and out of the equipment room all the time. He thought I was somebody that was working there. So like just little stuff like that. I'm not, you know, they, it was kind of during COVID. So lockers was hard, but like yeah. I ended up being the guy in the, the, uh, laundry room, but like yeah. stuff like that, just looking back on it, just keeps me humble. And, you know, not forgetting how I got here for yes. the most part. And, you know, and it's and like stuff like that. It's a good story to tell, too. So I'm not mad about it. Yeah. But like when you hear quotes like that and stuff, it's just not forgetting where I came from um, yeah. and what it took to get here and not what it took to get here, but what I'm trying to do to stay here. Yeah. Because um, they're always looking to replace you. It's the nature of the business. Nature That's of the it. Business. Everybody's at some point in everybody's career in that building coaches too, players you're going to leave that building and not be allowed back in it's yeah it's clock simple. runs out on all of us right and whatever we do in life really yeah so just making the most of it and not being satisfied there's a lady on instagram and i'm like I, I'm, I'm not obsessed with her but i'm obsessed with a lot of the things she shares mm -hmm. her name's cody sanchez mm -hmm. and there was a reel I saw recently that made me think of what it might look and feel like to be in a Coach Campbell Detroit Lions locker room today. Mm -hmm. And what she says in this reel is that her mantra for 2023 is no more B players. No more B players. Mm -hmm. And she said it's because there's there's real like science and research out there that shows when you add an A player to a locker room, everyone's productivity goes up about 15%. But you put a B player in a locker room or a boardroom mm -hmm. and everyone comes down 30%. That's crazy. And so that really hit for me when I think of the young men that I've gotten to meet from the Lions in your locker room that are great teammates of yours. And the fact that I'm like, yeah, that's a great dude. Mm -hmm. That's a great human. Like I, I would want, Ava and Atlas to meet that person. Right. Not, not because they're an NFL player, but right. because I'm like, I think I know who that human is. Right. 
that's a great human. Mm -hmm. What can you share about the locker room and the culture in this sort of notion that I think you've got probably one of the greatest coaching staffs in NFL mm -hmm. in the last few decades. And I think they've assembled a ton of amazing A players and A humans no, on the planet. I definitely do agree. Comparing some of the other NFL teams I've been on. Um, yes. Obviously, my time has been, this is the longest tenure I've had on a team. Yes. So And that, congrats. Let's keep you. that going. Yes, sir. The time, obviously, is a, a factor. But I'd say, man, it, we, we're just a tight group, man. I feel like everybody talks to everybody. It doesn't matter the position. You can eat at any table at lunch. I mean, you know, you got guys coming from all over the country. Yeah, I, I mean, we even have, uh, we've had some international players too. In that sense, you know, it's like a brotherhood, man. You know, we're all chopping up together and we all have the same mindset. And I feel like we all believe in each other and, and believe that what we do works. Um, and like you said earlier, that's the, that's the biggest thing. And that's why I try to tell people too, belief, whether it's you, a group of individuals, a team. Yeah. If you guys all believe and you're trying to go in the same direction, man, only good things are going to come from it. And, um, you know, we, we're, everybody's pretty much humble. Nobody's out there looking for themselves. And we know that, you know, we make the right sacrifices. We can, we can do some great things, but with those sacrifices, it's going to be tough. And it's going to be hard to put in the work and we're going to have to do the stuff we don't want to do day in and day out. And we, everybody believes in that. And like I said, man, I believe it's powerful and like the, and off the field, obviously great humans, mm -hmm. um, great people. Um, mm -hmm. I enjoy being in the locker room with those guys, mm -hmm. chit chatting it up, shoot me and leaf half the time are like some of the last people to leave. Yeah. You know, I just, believe that just hanging around talking me. and it doesn't even gotta be about ball. It can be life. Yes. You know, and like I said, you have so many guys coming from different areas, just picking other people's brains. Yeah. You know, you know, whether it's with, you know, your religion or financial stuff or, you know, what do you think about moving here? It doesn't matter. Um, you know, there's so much information in a locker room. You don't realize it. And we're able to just share it with each other because of those relationships that we do have. I really appreciate, you know, you unpacking that and really sharing that with our listeners so that they understand what, what, what it's really like, right, to be in that mm -hmm. environment. You know, I can speak from firsthand when I'm together with guys like Khalif or Pitt. You know, we talk about, like, finances for 10, 15, 20 minutes. And then, like, the rest of the time, it's like, hey, man. How's Avon Atlas? Hey, I'm working out with this guy. Right. Hey, I went to this church. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm going to get engaged. Hey, I'm getting married. Hey, right. you know, hey, I want to do this for my mom. Like, I think it's really special when people get the privilege to be on the inside of what it's like to be close to, you know, just phenomenal athletes to see like, hey, man, like they're, they're somebody's son. No, 100%. there's somebody's brother, baby right. brother. You know what I mean? Right. There's somebody's nephew. Right. right? Hey, they want to maybe get married someday too. Right. You know? Yeah. It's not all like, hey, you know, treat me like I'm a, a superstar. Like I right. just, hey, I'm just trying to blend in, man. Right, right. We, yeah. we all have this common goal and that's just winning. And that's all the business matters. But at the same time, like you said, we're all individuals, man. And like, it's definitely cool when you can build a relationship with somebody off the field. Yes. And then go on the field and work with them, you know? Yeah. You're in the huddle with them. Yeah. Like you're looking at your homeboy and he's dying, exhausted, but you know, you want to do right by him on the field so he can succeed off the field as well. Because like you said, he wants to do this for his mom. That's right. You know? So, yeah. you know, like, you know, I'm gonna go block a little bit harder because I know homeboy's trying to do what he wants to do. And it's just like little, little stuff like that hits you mentally. And that's the bond that you kind of get mm -hmm. in the locker room, in a huddle. Mm -hmm. 
with your teammates, man. Yeah. What? Um, so I, I know we're running out of time. Next two weeks, you're suiting up three times mm-hmm. on TV. Right. What's the mindset like, you know, preparing for that? I mean, that's going to be a lot of physical punishment on the body. Mm-hmm. And you're still going to have to soup right back up, you know, a couple of days later and play again. It's the nature of the beast. I mean, that's how the yeah. NFL schedule did us. But um, it's nothing that we can't. Uh, that's something we can't. Yeah, who came up with that schedule? I don't like it. <laughs> right. I don't like it for you. Not only you got to suit up. It's crazy, man. <laughs> but it, it's a part of it. Uh, it's what we signed up for. Um, but we're just going to go out there and just handle one play, one rep at a time, one quarter at a time, and one game at a time, and play for each other, play with a great attitude, play gritty, and see where the chips play fall, gritty. man. Yeah, this Sunday we play the Chargers, a very good opponent. Big game. Um, and that's our main focus. And they got to go out there and do what we got to do. Can't shoot ourselves in the foot. Play good, you know, ball in all three phases and see what happens. Yeah. Life after football? Yes, sir. Hopefully that's a long time from now. Have you started thinking about what that could look like for you? Uh, Yeah, a little bit. I started investing in real estate on a triplex, my first one. So I'm just trying to stay on top of that while I'm not home right now. And then once the offseason hits, I'm trying to do that. Um, this past weekend, I went back to Kutztown and I shadowed the broadcast team. Just yeah, just doing I mean, a bye week is supposed to rest, but I'm like, I ah, might as well do something yeah. to help, you know. Yeah. Never know when it's like we just talked about. So shadowed with them. I shadowed a, a football coaching staff, Kutztown's coaching staff, and it was Westchester's broadcast team. So shadowed the Kutztown coaching staff just trying to learn different things about the game like yeah I know offense but I was trying to learn more defenses yeah and what they're trying to do some of their weaknesses and stuff like that you kind of learn it on offense but I really wanted to sit in a from a defensive mindset and learn it and then also never know mic coach maybe broadcasting want to stay in the real estate I'm a very simple person you know I don't spend a lot so just uh be able to travel and do what I want. I'm trying to make sure I take the steps now. Good I'm for you. Smart financially and just control what I can control day in and day out, man. And see what happens. I got my business marketing degree. That insurance company I interview. Yes. Still has the job off on the table. That's so. Whenever I'm done. So you know. Hey, yeah. hey, Nicole, y'all do. Can you can you call Craig and and give Craig an offer so <laughs> if he wants to stay in Detroit, he just comes with us. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um, I love that definitely it's definitely like you know the NFL dream was at the end of the time like that's gonna come at some point yes. so just you know can't run from it just gotta yeah. be ready for it and make sure I have you know everything I need in order for when it does come because you yeah. never know when it's gonna happen so that's right. I think I'm on the right track and just trying to keep going man good for you well look I think you know man I, I know your time is tight I can imagine and uh, it meant a lot for us to have the privilege to have you on the show today. Just listening to your story more reinforces what you know. I thought I already knew, mm-hmm. and that's a blessing, man. And uh, proud to see all you're doing, all you're creating, and you got a lot of people watching, man. You know, just loving on you from afar and wishing you a lot of strength and health and success this season. I know people say it, but you know, I've been here seven years now. People have been waiting for y'all to play the way you're playing now. And it's just mm-hmm. such a gift to see this town get so excited, especially being from Chicago, right? Right. You know, it's just such a gift to see the emotion that this town has 
for you and every single teammate and, and coaching staff and, and all the the unsung heroes that don't get any credit, right? Like physical therapists and, mm-hmm. and you know, mm-hmm. people doing the tape and cleaning right. the locker rooms in the stadium. So have a great two and a half week run. You're going to come out of this three and oh, yes, sir. even though one of them is against my beloved Chicago bears, but I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> and, um, Hey man, we think the world of you can't wait to see all you're going to do on the field and off the field. I appreciate you for having me. It's been fun, yeah. man. I'm very thankful. Thanks. Craig. Appreciate you. Appreciate you gang. Thanks so much for listening today. And thanks to our guest, Craig Reynolds, connect with Craig on Instagram at C dot Ray R E Y R E Y dot one three. If you like what you heard today, please be sure to follow rate and review at the podium on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, and don't forget, follow the show on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. It's at podium underscore podcast. Post about it. Share it with others. Tag us. We want to respond back and share our gratitude to you and all the listeners that we have across the country. Your support means the world to us. And again, if you like what you hear, please consider sharing it with a friend or family member. That's the greatest gift you can give us. Be a part of the growing podcast family. Hey gang, I want to send a special shout out to my friend, Jennifer Maxwell. You may know that name. Jennifer and Brian were the creators, founders of the power bar. And so for people my age, 45 plus or minus 10 gang, we know the power bar. Well, guess what? Jennifer has now launched a new bar. It's incredible. My entire family loves it. Samantha, Ava, Atlas. They've got vegan, gluten-free options. It's completely organic and it's called Jam Bar. I know they use this language in describing it, but I completely agree. This thing is a complete labor of love and an instrument of spreading positivity starting in your tummy. If you want to stay healthy, you want to put something in your belly that makes a ton of sense, organic, vegan, gluten-free options, check out Jam Bar. Jennifer crushed it with this product and we wish them a ton of success.